welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. I am so grateful that you're here. My name is Kim Manager, and I'm a women's leadership coach. I started this podcast because as a lifelong sufferer of imposter syndrome and a coach who sees this in 98% of the women I meet, I wanted to take this conversation to a bigger stage, so to speak. Imposter syndrome is triggered by a lot of things, but two of the primary triggers are transitions and feeling different from those around us. Women in traditionally male-dominated environments experience these triggers on an almost daily basis, so it's only natural that we would feel this way. What compounds these feelings is the sense that we are alone, the belief that if we share our feelings, we'll expose our incompetence even further. So we carry it around like a deep, dark secret. I started this podcast because I want to put a stop to this nonsense and destigmatize imposter syndrome. Because we don't talk about it, we look around and assume that everyone around us has it all figured out, that we're somehow the exception to the rule, when in reality, we're all feeling this way. And when we can own that and say it out loud, we all benefit, nobody more so than you. So thanks again for being here. If you enjoy it, please share it with others who might also benefit. Welcome, Allison. I am really excited to have this conversation with you today. And I would love to start by just asking you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hi, Kim. Um, my name is Allison Wages. I am a program manager and a business consultant for a Fortune 5 health insurance company. I'm also currently leading women in technology program. I've been leading that program for a couple of years uh, within my company. To me, it's, it's been very interesting and rewarding, especially when I get to meet with in various industry leaders and get to know some of, you know, some of them personally or to know about their career journey or accomplishments. So, yeah, so it's a, it's a great experience for me. And it's also very interesting, you know, for me to work with some of the very talented women within our program. That's great. And so I'll ask you the question I always ask everybody, which is tell me what does imposter syndrome mean to you? Yeah, um, I believe imposter syndrome is everywhere when it comes to men or women. Um, looking back at my career, um, there were times when I felt shy and intimidated, and there were times when I was being perceived as overly confident, which I had no clue where that was coming from. So it's kind of hard to tell what is the right amount of balance of confidence, I guess. But over time, you just have to figure it out. You know, thinking back on what I did, I was, I, I was really just trying to take one step at a time. Um, trying to find a way how to get there and, and try not to think too much about my fears um, to all the unknown. And sometimes you are actually your biggest enemy. Um, you know, I think you just have to, you know, really take some actions um, instead of letting the fear to stop you from doing the best you can. That's such a great point because I think a lot of times we have this idea in our head that once we build our confidence, we'll take action, but confidence comes from taking action. We can't build our confidence without doing the things 
that we're afraid to do. So I think that's such a great point. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your own experience with imposter syndrome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would like to share a story. Um, so basically that was just a few years back. Um, like you were saying, um, you know, sometimes we just have to take the action. So I was in this lead role for a major enterprise program. Um, it was kind of intimidating at first because I was brand new to the project, um, to the people or the business or the ITT. So the first thing I had to do was to create a program roadmap. While I was creating the roadmap, I need to figure out what the timeline would be or what the budget is. I had less than a week's time frame to have it created and present it to the stakeholders, but I did the best I could to put something together. And then I quickly gave a presentation to all of our IT sponsors and business stakeholders. It was well received, I think. Um, now that I'm thinking back, I didn't really have too much time to dwell on you know, how, how I felt my capability of doing it, just because there was really no time. Instead, I was trying to focus on priority and focus on the task on my hand and try to do the best I can. And knowing there was a deadline I had to hit. I think that's another really good point too, because part of imposter syndrome or one of the the hallmarks of imposter syndrome is perfectionism. And this tendency to just keep reworking something until we feel like we're getting it right. Unfortunately, perfectionism is an impossible standard to meet. So actually having a deadline can help that with that because you just don't have the time to overthink it. You don't have time to get tangled up in that need for perfectionism when you have to meet a, a looming deadline. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and some, again, you know, you can be your own enemy, you know, your biggest enemy. And really nobody else is, you know, expecting more out of you. But sometimes you're the one who are keep, you know, pushing yourself and, and really thought that, oh, my gosh, I wouldn't be able to deliver as much as or as, as, as good as other people can do. Right. So that's, that's the thing you, you just don't want to dwell on that thought. You, you need to take action. Exactly, exactly. And so you and I have talked about previously, and I think it's been a very big theme in this podcast too, is just the relationship between imposter syndrome and working primarily with men in male-dominated types of environments. So I'd love to hear a little bit about your experience working with men. Sure, um, absolutely. Um, you know, as, as a woman in IT, obviously IT is, is a field dominated by men and women are still considered sort of the minority uh, in the IT profession. Um, so I, I had some really interesting stories working with men and I, I I'd like to talk a little bit about my team when I was on that project. So we had about five to six people in our core team and about 20 to 30 in our larger group on the IT side. So in the core team that I was in, I was the only female and the rest of them were all men. And most of them worked in the same office with me being the only one remote. 
yeah, so on top of everything else. Um, so before I got on this project, I worked briefly with only a few, uh, a few of them on the team. So the first time I met with most of my team face-to-face -face was at a PI planning meeting. And I still remember when I first met with them, um, we clicked right away. We found we had so much in common. And these guys were very intelligent and very hardworking. Some of them had like 15 to 20 years experience working with the system that we were trying to migrate. And comparing to them, I was like a baby, you know, it was really, it, it was really hard for me to catch up. And by the way, even though these guys were working in the technical field, they were actually pretty good at you know, communicating or presenting their ideas. Um, so here's my challenge, you know, being new to the team and being remote, those were two of my disadvantages. These guys were sitting right next to each other in their office. It'd be so much easier for them to get together for a little discussion and then make a decision on the spot, and then they'll fight with it. You know, it truly posed a, a big challenge for me. So I honestly had to take a step back and I, I tried to figure out how I can survive this project. First of all, the project had to go quickly. You don't want to be the botnet. And second of all, most of the business or IT people on the project already had tons of provider business experience. They, they came from like 20, 30 years of experience and, and background in that field. Um, whenever we got on the conference call, the room was filled with business people who had enormous amount of knowledge. And the meeting were usually very involved with some intensive discussions, which would truly require someone with in-depth knowledge in order to answer those questions right away. So it would not be very difficult for them to realize that this person, which was me, had very little experience because I couldn't really answer any questions on the spot. So for a large scale project like this, it would not be a good idea for, for someone to be perceived as not qualified. And the pressure was definitely there. It was like a wild west and the competition was intense. And I had to come up with answers very quickly in those meetings in order to convince to my business that I was qualified to lead that project. Uh, I had to be the go-to person. I had to impress my audience, really because there was no other way out. So somehow I made it, thinking back, I delivered what was expected. Um, I did make an impact on my business team and then therefore built my credibility. But if you're curious to see how I did it, there's one thing I want to be clear. <laughs> I truly put in my effort. And trust me, I couldn't even take any PTO days during those meetings, uh, during those times when the project was rolling forward with nonstop meetings. And I remember I had to take my trip to Florida and hop on the meetings in the morning, but then took the afternoon off, either at the beach or at the airport. Yeah, it was crazy. Mm. It was not an easy life. But, you know, other than that, most importantly, I had an awesome team. And these guys were, you know, truly supporting me and backing me up throughout the whole project. Wow. But it sounds like to me, uh, it wasn't always that way, right? It didn't have to go that way. No, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. Because, you know, men in general are, are competitive. You know, they... <laughs> They were not shy. <laughs> they, they would not be, you know, 
backing out of it, anything. Um, so you were right. We didn't really start this way because in the beginning, um, we had some really interesting conversations or sometimes, frankly, arguments. <laughs> um, on several occasions, I had to get my team together and, um, you know, I, I had to get my team together and I, I was completely honest to, to share with them how I felt. And I felt that they were competing with me, that I didn't appreciate it when they made a decision without me, that I was frustrated when they decided to run with their decisions and without telling me. <laughs> uh, and I said, guys, you know, we are on the same team and I need your help. And, and, and then after that, they realized that they did make the change for me. So they ended up giving me um, the absolute unconditional support that I needed. Um, as a team, we decided to meet every day uh, to go over the issues or questions that the business would come up with. Um, I was really trying to be as much prepared for the upcoming meetings as possible as they, they provided me with tremendous amount of information. And I was the one who spoke in the front and center before our business. And so eventually I nailed it. Um, I think day after day, I gradually built my reputation, um, established my leadership, and I couldn't do it without these guys. Or yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) And plus, we we had some really interesting, um, you know, times working together. Um, and I remember we were trying to look up the doctor's office and we were Googling those office in the map. Uh, we were laughing so hard when we saw some of the office in the pictures was not really totally not what we expected. And, and that just tells us how much fun we had. Everyone had a great time whenever we met. And I would say those days were challenging, but they were super fun to go through. So over the years, we had built some really strong chemistry, I would say. Um, we knew each other so well that at the end of the day, we almost think like one person. Wow. I think that's so impressive, too, that you were willing to take that risk and be honest with them about what was working, what was not working, and ask for their support. Exactly. Yeah. Because one of the takeaways from this was that um, you really can't be shy. You, you can't just sit, you know, up there and, and be quiet and, and assume people will consider how you feel. And being honest, vulnerable, or insecure is okay. Sometimes, you know, letting people know how you truly feel can actually help them to help you. Yeah, I can imagine you would have had a very different experience had you not spoken up. I, I totally agree with you. I would say that, you know, you know, again, men in general are very competitive. <laughs> um, obviously, they, they could just, you know, moving forward without thinking too much about, you know, what, how other people felt on the team. Um, definitely, I, I did express that I, I need their support and that I need to know exactly how, you know, I need to be involved with the decision-making process. And then that's how these guys, again, they, they did realize that and they made the change for me and then they gave me the support that I needed. 
And plus, I think I think I'm also kind of different from you know the being a traditional program manager or, or if you want to call it, because I know what my strengths were, and I know uh, you know I was able to bring that to the table. Um, plus, I know my team very well. I kind of know what they were good at, and I was not afraid of building that relationship with everyone on the team. And then, as a team, we would combine our strengths and, and benefit from that partnership. So it would be so much easier for for everyone to succeed in that environment. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits of working with a team in the first place, right? So it's so great that you were able to recognize your own strengths first and then ask for what you needed to get the support of this team. And it sounds like the relationships just grew more and more as you work together. Yep, you are absolutely right about that. I'm sure that there are a lot of people who can relate to various aspects of that story, whether it's they're at the early stages, you know, feeling left out of a team or they're beginning to be more vulnerable and have conversations. Uh, I'm sure that there's a lot of opportunity for women to think differently about how they're engaging the men around them today. Do you have any thoughts on how to work more effectively with men? Yeah, I do. Um, So out of that project, I think in general, you know, men are very supportive of women, especially as a woman in IT. You know, I I have to always keep a strategy in mind. Um, You don't want to feel that you have to stand out in a competition all the time among all the men. (laughs) Rather thinking, what you are good at, you know, what can you bring to the table? How can you partner with men so that as a team, you can combine your talent and become stronger together? Although keep in mind, though, not all the men will give you the support, but do find those who, who do and make them part of your team. That's excellent. I think that first step of knowing your own strengths is so important to battling imposter syndrome, too, because you've mentioned that that tendency so many of us have to look around at people who have are older than us, have more experience than us, that we look at them and think, oh my gosh, that person's such an expert. How could I possibly compete with them? I don't know nearly as much as they know. Um, but they're not there for the same reasons that you are. You have your own strengths. You're there to play a very different role. And so if we spend all of our time focused on how we don't measure up to other people, then we miss out on really connecting with what our value is and what we have to bring to the table, like you said. That was such an excellent point, Kim. I couldn't agree with you more. And I think over the years, I was truly just, you know, um, trying to figure out, you know, what can I do with, the imposter syndrome that came up just because I didn't know about everything that I should. I, I, literally, that's not possible. When you hop on a project like that, you, you couldn't just have 20 years of experience overnight, right? You, you got to have to look at, at the people that you're working with and, and figure out how, how can you leverage that strength. And then still, you will be able to deliver what your true strengths are. In my case, um, I believe it's the leadership. Is the relationship building, is the team building, um, the effort that I put in um, to, to, to glue our team together, it truly played a, a big role in this project. 
And just to go back to that 20 year experience gap too, that you mentioned, right? You didn't fool anybody into thinking you had 20 years. They knew that when you got there. Right? Uh, <laughs> so nobody had that expectation. It's not like you falsified your resume to pretend you were someone that you weren't. So again, it goes back to the pressure we put on ourselves rather than what other people expect of us. And you made, exactly. a, you made another really good point too, which I think is that, you know, it's not always going to be easy. You're not going to have support from everyone, men or women. It's just the way of the world, right? But to really proactively look for the people that can be your allies, that can that do support you and want you to be successful and to incorporate them into your team. Absolutely. Yep. And I think, I think one of the way that I, I truly felt motivated to, to be here and speak my experience and share my story with everyone is, is I know that somewhere out there, there are women who are, who are like me, you know, who were, were being, pushed into a situation where you don't really felt like you were capable of doing it just because you, you, you don't have all of the experience. You do not have all of the knowledge. You do not have the relationship with everybody already that's already on the team. So in that case, what can you do in order to, you know, overcome that imposter syndrome and really just focus on yourself, focus on what's your strength and, and filling the gap that, that, that everyone needs. And so in that case, you could truly deliver an impactful, um, you know, um, impactful experience for yourself. Thank you so much, Allison. You gave us some really great insights. I'm so grateful to you for taking the time to tell your story and to share those tips. I think they're gonna resonate with so many people who are listening. You're welcome, Kim. It was such a pleasure to be here. Thanks again for listening today. If you're struggling with imposter syndrome and you'd like additional support, check out the show notes for more resources or contact me directly. I would love to help you. And if you'd like to tell your story, I would love to interview you. You will find my contact info in the show notes. So reach out anytime. Thanks again.